We all know that government is corrupt, but do you know the extent of the American government's corruption? Until reading the work of my guest today, I had no idea how many Democrats and Republicans are being directly funded by the Chinese Communist Party to do their bidding, including our president. And not only that, but corporations and colleges have also become vessels of the CCP. Exposing and explaining all of this is Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute and an expert on government corruption fascinating conversation that will educate you, equip you on a huge problem that's threatening the safety of our nation. And not only that, but also our local communities. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout. GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, For those who have not read one of your many books, can you just tell them who you are and what you do? Uh, Yeah, I'm a writer, uh, primarily a researcher, and I investigate and explore corruption in our government, which is, as a former Air Force pilot friend of mine says, is a target-rich environment. Uh, There's a lot of it to go around, but we try to focus on the corruption that's dangerous because it undermines our republic by giving us leaders that are really accountable or in hawk to people other than the people that elected them into office. So that's been primarily my focus. And how long have you been exposing government corruption? Uh, Probably for 20 years. Uh, In a previous life before that, I wrote books on the history of the Cold War and foreign policy, but I saw that the biggest threat that our country faced was really internal with this corruption, so I switched. Um, And so, yeah, I've been doing it about 20 years. And I've just got to ask, is it a little bit depressing sometimes? Because I imagine the more you dig in and the more you look at just all the different intricacies of Washington and how things really work versus how how people think things work like do you ever just kind of get demoralized and you think wow this i mean this corruption runs deep uh you know it does run deep um i'm not really an optimist or a pessimist i'm a realist and um you know my view is very much informed by uh judeo-christian values Uh, i myself am a christian so you know embedded in my worldview is the notion that power corrupts and it doesn't really matter whether the person has a d or an r after their name when you have concentrated power political power or corporate power uh it tends to bring out the worst in people. So I don't get surprised anymore. Uh, What I'm more concerned about is ensuring that the American people uh, hear about this. Um, I looked at the founding fathers when I was young and my favorite uh, among people from that period of our history uh, was Paul Revere uh, because he warned everybody the British were coming. And so I kind of like to believe that we're trying to warn people uh, what is occurring, what's going on. And our hope is that that will lead people to, uh, in a sense, you know, act like the Continental Army and uh, uh, forge a defense uh, against the threat that we're facing. And so you get discouraged sometimes when people don't seem to think it's that important or people get cynical. Uh, but no, I don't lose the faith uh, because I think ultimately what we're fighting for is worth fighting for. Mm. Uh, and what I'm being asked to do is certainly um, not as dangerous or as threatening uh, as a lot of other people that are defending our country on the battlefield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We all have our different role to play when it comes to that. I want to talk mostly 
about your most recent book. And it's called Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. And you know, that title alone honestly puts together a lot of puzzle pieces for me because you do wonder, wow, why why are we in so many ways, not in every way, so soft on China? Why do you see glowing reviews of China and how they're dealing with climate change in the New York Times? I mean, why wouldn't we take more seriously the threat of China? It's very odd. And yet, what you're saying, what you have uncovered is actually that there are Americans in charge, American elites that are helping China build its military and become stronger. Yeah, that's right. I mean, China has an explicit strategy. Uh, they call it elite capture. Uh, and it's pretty brilliant. You know, it's it's predicated, predicated on the notion that uh, we can't go as, as China, we can't go face to face with the United States in a military conflict. Their military is stronger and more powerful than ours. Their economy is more dynamic. So instead of going head to head with them, why don't we just basically try to buy off part of their political elites? Uh, we'll give them lucrative commercial deals. Uh, we'll give them access to the the Chinese market uh, will make them wealthy uh, and that will buy favor with them. Uh, this is a strategy they've employed in smaller countries like New Zealand and Singapore and Australia with, with a lot of success. Uh, and they're doing it in the United States um, and it works. And what a lot of our elites have told us over the last 30 years is that, uh, you know, merging closer with China is a good thing because the Chinese are going to become more like us. They'll become less repressive, less Marxist-Leninist. They'll become more free market oriented. Yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is that consensus has been there with Republicans and Democrats, and they have been categorically wrong. Uh, under the new uh, uh, presidents, uh, President Xi in China, uh, he's been in power, you know, more than 10 years. Uh, it's far more repressive, far more aggressive than it ever was 20 years ago. So the grand, uh, you know, experiment of engagement, as they call it, has failed. Uh, what it hasn't failed at is making elites in the United States rich. Uh, that's what it has succeeded at. And that's been the linchpin of China's strategy of elite capture. And this affects Washington. It affects Silicon Valley and Wall Street. And some of the biggest names in those three communities, uh, I would argue, are essentially captured by Beijing uh, because of the deals that have been made. Okay, quick pause to tell you about our first sponsor for the day, one of my favorites, Adele Natural Cosmetics. They are a family-run, holistic, handcrafted, and toxin-free cosmetic company where all of their products are made in the U.S. I love this family. They are so unabashed about their values. They are pro-life, they're Christians, and they really do make high-quality products. I use their skincare regimen every day. I use their facial cleanser at night, in the morning, their moisturizer. I also love their toning spray that's very moisturizing. I use that every morning. I really love their stuff. Whether you've got acne, some kind of inflammation, redness, just skin irritation, it could be that the soaps that you're using are actually making it worse. You should be using kind of holistic, natural products. And Adele Natural Cosmetics makes that really easy. And it's especially great knowing that you're supporting a family, a family-run company that supports all the values that you and I do. They're such sweet people, love their products, love the people that sell them. Go to Adele Natural naturalcosmetics.com. Enter promo code Allie for 25% off your first order. Adele, A-D-E-L, naturalcosmetics.com, code Allie for 25% off your first order. Adele, naturalcosmetics.com, code Allie. 
And before we get into the specifics of who we're talking about, because you do name names in this book, I'm looking back at some of the some of the books that you've written and you wrote a book called Reagan's War in 2003. You know, I've been a big fan of Ronald Reagan. I read um, his autobiography and was inspired by that. But what you're describing was really part of his political idea that the more we export capitalism to China, the less communist they will be. And he was sincerely anti-communist. But as much as we see him as a freedom fighter and as much as we see his positive impact in the world, we do see that it was at least in part Reagan's doing this idea of exporting Americanism to China to try to make it less communist. And like you said, it didn't work. So what do you think about that as someone who knows a lot about Reagan? Yeah, I think, you know, in the 1980s, there was a lot of optimism about where China would go. Um, I excuse people more in the 80s and even in the 90s. Bill Clinton was also a big advocate of this. But really, by the early 2000s, with the George W. Bush administration and then the Obama administration, it was already crystal clear this was not going to become anything resembling a liberal democracy. I think in Reagan's case, when he came into office, he saw China as a counter uh, measure that could be used against the Soviet Union, which was the main threat at the time. Uh, And then when the Soviet Union dissipated, a lot of people saw China as somebody to bring in, as it were, to the Western world, that it would reform in the way that Gorbachev was trying to reform the Soviet Union. Uh, That ended up, of course, being um, incorrect and wrong. So I think we have to really rethink Um, some of the assumptions about how we deal with China. Uh, I'm a big believer in free markets and and, and Americans' uh, system of governance, but we have to recognize that it's not something you can easily replicate uh, and that you have elites in places like China that don't want it. They're not interested in it because they don't want to give up their own political power. Yeah. So there is an excuse for the optimism of people like Reagan and people in the 90s because we just didn't know. And I think at that point, it was hard to imagine what had been a largely agrarian society becoming what it is today. And, you know, having still the communist sentiments on um, that it did then today. So I, th- I think, I mean, from my amateur assessment, it seems like you're right. There was cause for hope then. But as it seems like you agree, there is no excuse Now, we've seen what China is, what they want to do. And yet you write in your book um, that of the five deals the Biden family made in China, every single one was with an individual with deep ties to the leadership of the CCP's spy apparatus. What what in the world is this? What do you mean by this? Yeah, I think that there's been some, um, unfortunately, some mischaracterizing why the Chinese deals that the Bidens have are so important. Um, A lot of the focus has been on influence peddling and corruption. And I'm not saying those are unimportant issues. But the real question here is, how much money did the Bidens get? What did they do for the money? And who gave them the money? Who My kids would say, who made it rain for the Bidens in China? Uh, And when you look at it through that prism, it's a pretty shocking and frightening situation. Uh, We know that the Bidens received tens of millions of dollars from China. That's based on the laptop. I believe the number is at least $31 million based on actual wire transfers and deals that are discussed in the laptop. 
We know that those deals came from a handful of Chinese businessmen. Hmm. And when you look at who these Chinese businessmen are, it's pretty troubling. Um, one of the first deals and perhaps the biggest deal that Hunter Biden got was arranged by a guy named Che Feng. That's his name. And it's identified in the laptop. At the time that he is making this deal happen for Hunter Biden, he also happens to be business partners with a guy named Ma Jian, who is the vice minister for state security in China. The Ministry of State Security is their spy apparatus. It's yeah. the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the DIA, all rolled into one. So literally a man that is providing millions of dollars to the Biden family happens to be business partners with the vice minister of state security at the same time. That vice minister's responsibility includes recruiting foreign nationals to spy for China. Then you move to another deal that was arranged by Henry Zhao. Henry Zhao transfers $5 million cash to a Hunter Biden account. Who is Henry Zhao? Well, when he is arranging that deal for Hunter Biden, he is business partners with the family of the former minister of state security who ran the entire spy apparatus. Uh, in fact, the $5 million that is transferred to Hunter Biden's account comes from an account in Hong Kong that is part of that partnership. That, that entity is one of the entities in which the minister of state security's family is partners. Um, then you look at another deal uh, that was put together by Chairman Yi. This is the CEFC Energy Company. Uh, what is Chairman Yi's job before he runs this energy company? He's running an organization that we know in the West is part of Chinese military intelligence. Mm -hmm. uh, and he sends some $6 million to Hunter Biden. So all this money is flowing to Hunter Biden and the Biden family. Uh, it's all being done by individuals that have ties to Chinese intelligence, which is highly unusual. Uh, and then the question becomes, what did they do for that money? Did Hunter Biden perform a discernible business service? Did he bring capital into a joint venture or something? Uh, and the answer is no. If you look at the emails, none of these deals really require much of anything on the part of Hunter Biden. There's no discernible business service that's been provided. So again, businessmen linked to Chinese intelligence are sending millions of dollars to the first family of the United States before they're the first family, and they perform no discernible business service for that. To me, we have to look at this from the standpoint of compromise, uh, possible an effort to recruit, um, you know, in some kind of intelligence scheme. Um, that's the prism through which we need to look at this. And that, to me, makes it even more troubling than trying to prove some sort of low rent um, influence peddling scheme. Um, this would be the equivalent in the Cold War of the family of Ronald Reagan or the family of Jimmy Carter taking in millions of dollars from Russian businessmen at the height of the Cold War who are linked to the KGB. That's what this wow. is the equivalent of. Back then, this would have set off alarm bells. Um, it should be setting off alarm bells now yeah. as it regards the Bidens. Okay, wives, women, are you the one that is running the finances in your house? I am not. I'll just give a little revealing look into the Stucky household. I am not the one who runs that 
aspect of our family life. And chances are that's probably true for your family too. And so you need to have a conversation with your husband about where you are actually investing your money, how you are investing your money, who is doing the investing for you. Some of these big major companies, they're donating a bunch of their money to abortion causes, to gender ideology causes, to different candidates that are fighting against all the things that you believe in, it's time to start aligning our investments, really every area of our lives, but particularly how we are investing our money with an investment company that shares our values. That's why I love Constitution Wealth. They are a conservative Christian financial investment firm. They believe that when it comes to investing, personal values should play a large role in wealth management. And so they're right there with you thinking about how you can invest your money in a way that makes an impact for a king, for the kingdom, makes an impact for the causes that you and I believe in so much. And it's just great to have a partner, have a team that is on your same page. It's not going to be fighting against you. You don't have to worry about them, you know, being weird about where you're investing your money. And so talk to your husband, have a conversation about switching to Constitution Wealth, and they'll even just like give you a a consultation, a free consultation. So if you want to know more about it, just go to constitutionwealth.com slash Allie, schedule a free consultation, constitutionwealth.com slash Allie. It doesn't hurt just to talk to them to learn more constitutionwealth.com slash Allie. And you know, this makes a lot of sense with some of the things that Biden has said and done. I remember being alarmed by a story that was reported last year, and this is NBC reporting it. The DOJ abandons Trump era program aimed at Chinese spying. So this is Biden's DOJ saying that basically the Trump administration wanted to target and then prosecute Chinese threats to national security. And um, under the Biden administration, they said, oh, no, this might cause some anti-Chinese bias in America. And so we're just going to drop this. I mean, you just have to wonder. You have to scrutinize now all of Biden's policies, not just when it comes to China explicitly, but when it comes to his energy policy. What else is he doing to benefit the friends who then benefit? benefited him. I mean, and it's just funny because Trump was impeached for um, allegedly quid pro quo. I mean, it seems like we've kind of got a lot of that going on here in America. And it seems like people just don't care. You care. I'm sure a lot of people do, but people in the press, people in Congress. And I think the rest of your book kind of explains why, because Biden is not the only one in this business, right? There are other members of Congress who are in on similar things. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, Beijing doesn't care if you have a D or an R after your name. What they're looking for, as they describe it, is big help with a little bad mouth. Uh, what that means is there's some things that are very, very important to them. They want access to our technology. They want access to our financial markets. They want access to uh, our general market to be able to sell their goods. If you help them in those areas, They understand that you might have to criticize them for human rights or their treatment of the Uyghurs. That's the little bad mouth. It's the big help that they are most concerned about. And by that measure, Joe Biden has been enormously helpful. But you also have to look 
and some other people that um, are very powerful in Washington on the other side of the aisle. Uh, you look at Senator Mitch McConnell uh, and his wife, Elaine Chao. He's the Republican leader in the Senate. Elaine Chao has been a cabinet officer in the George W. Bush administration and also in the Trump administration. Uh, and her family uh, has a shipping business, Foremost Group, uh, which does enormous business uh, with the Chinese government. Uh, and it really traces back to 1993 when Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chao go to Beijing, China as guests of the Chinese State Shipbuilding Corporation. Uh, and they basically strike a deal with them. Um, the Chinese State Shipbuilding Corporation says, we'll build all your ships. We'll finance the construction of those ships. We'll find crews to help you put, you know, to operate the ships. And we'll get you contracts with Chinese state-owned companies to send Chinese goods across the Asia-Pacific region, and you'll make a lot of money. And they actually have. The problem is, you now have the Republican leader in the Senate who, were he to do something that Beijing really did not like, they could destroy the family business overnight. In other words, China has control and leverage over them, which is exactly what uh, this elite capture strategy is all about. Um, wow. You look at f former members of Congress. There's some 23 former members of Congress who have left Congress but are now lobbyists, not just for Chinese companies, but for Chinese military and intelligence linked companies. So there are all kinds of ways that this happens in Washington, D.C. The Bidens are the biggest concern because they're the first family. But there are many other political figures that fit this category as well. Yeah. And when it comes to the situation like the one with Senator Mitch McConnell, we're not just we're not just talking about having a business that does business in China. Yeah, there's a lot of people who might do business in China that aren't necessarily compromised. We're talking about doing business with the Chinese Communist Party. That's a whole different ballgame. We're not talking about China in general. We're talking about with the Chinese Communist Party. You also talk about, though, it's not just members of Congress. You talk about LeBron James and how the NBA, while they're bowing down here to BLM saying, oh, we have so many social justice issues. They look the other way when it comes to the human rights atrocities in China, refuse to criticize China. Same with a lot of celebrities here in Hollywood. Why is that? What's going on there? Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, you know, LeBron James uh, is and wants to be a global brand. Uh, and China now actually has more NBA fans than the United States. Uh, obviously, their population is much bigger, but the NBA is huge in China. LeBron James understands this, and he's been on this trajectory for more than a decade. Uh, as I recount in the book back in 2008, um, there's a petition drive uh, uh, concerning the situation in Darfur, where the Chinese-backed government in Sudan is killing black Christians in the southern part of that country. Uh, and there's a petition drive that comes out to condemn China uh, for supporting this repressive war that killed some 200,000 uh, black Christians in southern Sudan. Uh, LeBron James refused to sign that petition. Um, because he did not want to offend China. Um, so it really leads one to question when he says Black Lives Matter, in his mind, it seems like some matter more than others. Uh, if they're going to cost him commercial opportunities, uh, he's not so interested in jumping on board. And so, you know, he obviously wants to play basketball, 
but he has media company. That media company has joint venture deals in China with Chinese state-backed companies. He travels to China all the time. He has a special brand of his shoes. We know about the Nikes in the United States, but he has special ones made by Nike simply for uh, fans in China. So it's a huge part of LeBron James's business empire. And that business empire has basically led him to shut up and avoid criticizing China in any material way. Um, The same thing applies to other people in Hollywood as well. Wow. Um, There was also just going back to politics, I just remembered. And as we were recording this, he hasn't actually been um, approved yet. But Eric Garcetti, he's Joe Biden's nominee right now for ambassador to India. He's the former L.A. mayor. It's been revealed by the Daily Caller News Foundation that he also has ties to the Chinese Communist Party, that he has received apparently well over a million in donations um, during Garcetti's tenure from two wealthy individuals tied to alleged CCP influence and intelligence fronts. I mean, the only reason we know about that is because he is now um, uh, by Biden's nominee, but I just wonder, okay, how many mayors? He was just a mayor. How many mayors? How many governors? How many local officials? They just can't say no to the money. I mean, the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money, Jesus says, is the root of all kinds of evil. Doesn't mean that it's evil in itself, but people motivated, as you said, by power and money, they will literally sell out anyone and anything, including their own country for it. That's scary. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, This is uh, part of the genius of the way China approaches this. They understand that it's not red or blue, it's green. Uh, Mm. That's what motivates a lot of people that are in public service. And so they use that motivation, that human weakness uh, to their benefit. And, you know, a lot of these people are smart. They convince themselves that what they're doing is going to bring about closer relationships between the United States and China. But in fact, what they're doing is effectively helping to disarm the United States uh, by making the United States less resistant to what China is doing. So when China engages in aggressive action, whether it's in the South China Sea or, you know, involving, um, you know, military confrontations, The people that have been captured by Beijing with these commercial deals, their answer is always greater engagement. So when China does something good, when China does something bad, the answer is always to get closer to them. Um, And the problem is that that this getting closer to China has not really made China more uh, like us. In a lot of respects, it has made us more like China. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you look at a lot of the things that have happened in the surveillance state, the credit system that they have created uh, in China to surveil and control their population, elements of that have been adopted by big tech firms in the United States uh, when it comes to censorship and the control of information. So when you get closer to a power like China, the dream, the idea was they're going to become more like us. The reality is, unfortunately, that we have become more like them. Hey, let me tell y'all about Seven Weeks Coffee. This is such a sweet company. They're doing amazing work. They're a pro-life coffee company. They sell really high quality coffee, but they are also donating 
a lot of money to these pro-life pregnancy centers across the country. They donate 10% of every sale to pregnancy care centers. So far in their first year, they have donated over $100,000. They're supporting over 500 centers. The reason why this company is called Seven Weeks Coffee is because at seven weeks gestation, that baby is the size of a coffee bean. And so they wanted to combine their love for high quality coffee with their love for life, their belief in the sanctity of life. And you can join them in that. If you're buying coffee anyway, you might as well get great coffee from Seven Weeks Coffee. And you can know that you are helping save lives by supporting these amazing pregnancy care centers. So go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Use code Allie to save 10% off your order. Uh, promo code Allie to save 10% at sevenweekscoffee.com. Sevenweekscoffee.com, code Allie. You know, one thing that maybe is is positive or I would just like to I would like to hear your take on this. So this is a news story as we're recording this. This is from The Wall Street Journal. Um, the title of the article is U.S. threatens ban if TikTok's Chinese owners don't sell steak. So for people who don't know, TikTok owned mostly by China, huge national security issues, just constantly collecting the data of its users here in the United States in ways beyond, I think, most of us average non-technological people can even understand. Um, And the Biden administration, according to the Wall Street Journal, is demanding that TikTok's Chinese owners sell their stakes in the video sharing app or face a possible U.S. ban of the app, according to people familiar with the matter. Now, I'm not sure I'm not sure if I believe that this is actually going to happen. Not not only would this be wildly unpopular with a lot of young liberal voters, but I have a hard time believing that the Biden administration would make this kind of strong move. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, let's remember uh, Trump uh, called for a ban, a forced sale or ban back yeah. in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden in 2020 refused to allow members of his own campaign to use TikTok because of security concerns. But then when he came into office in the spring of 2021, he reversed the Trump decision and said, we're going to study it for a while, which is really what's been going on now mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Uh, the decision that you're talking about is being pushed by CFIUS, which is the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. These are the various government agencies that are involved, like Treasury, the Pentagon, et cetera. It's ultimately going to be the president's decision to make it. Um, A ban makes complete sense. Uh, TikTok not only collects a lot of data, it has been demonstrated. It is a known avenue of, of propaganda for the CCP. They yes. use it to control information. They use it to manipulate information. And the notion that we are somehow going to allow a Chinese company that is linked to the hip with the Chinese state into the minds and hearts of our children unfiltered is absurdly ridiculous. So I hope optimistically that they ban TikTok, but I'm going to hold my breath uh, until it's actually done. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, You just retweeted a story, um, a national review about how at Yale, Chinese students that are critical of Beijing on an American college campus where they're supposed to be First Amendment protection and some form of American patriotism, they're actually um, uh, they face harassment and their families back home can be targeted. Um, So tell me a little bit about that. I mean, how pervasive of an issue is that that actually people's First Amendment rights here when they criticize China are in some way being trampled on? 
Uh, that's a great question, um, and it's a huge problem. And again, you need to follow the money. Uh, what's happened at Yale and it's happened at other universities is they are taking in a large amount of money uh, from Chinese nationals who are donating, but oftentimes with strings attached. Uh, I actually have an entire chapter on this in, in my book, Red Handed, and Yale is the focus. Um, Joe Tsai, who is the co-founder of Alibaba, which is kind of the Amazon of, uh, of China, um, is worth some 20 to $30 billion. He's been donating hundreds of millions of dollars to American universities, Yale being the largest recipient. Um, and this is a gentleman who is very pro-CCP. He loves the credit score system. He talks about how great the Chinese government is. The human rights criticisms are ridiculous. <laughs> so we know where he stands politically. The problem is that Yale University set up the Psy Center uh, at Yale, um, and they put out a lot of material that's pro-CCP, uh, and they are engaged at Yale in preventing people who are critical of Joe Tsai and critical of the CCP from speaking. Uh, students that are from Tibet or students that are Uyghurs, these are the oppressed minorities in, in China, uh, talk repeatedly about how they're not welcome at Yale, even though they're students wow. at Yale. So again, it's about the money and it's also about the fact that the universities are trying to hide the source of this money. Um, they're supposed to, they're required by federal law to disclose who's sending them the money, but they oftentimes try to obscure it and hide the fact that it's coming from China. It's a huge problem and not just at Yale. Wow. So, so many of our institutions in this country are at least in part influenced by a foreign hostile regime that is openly and explicitly hostile to America being the world superpower. And what's interesting is that so many of these institutions and politicians, not all of them, like you said, this happens on the others on the Republican side of the aisle, too. But they claim to be progressive. They claim to be for equality. They're anti-racist. They've got all of these DEI initiatives and they are partnering with a regime that is explicitly against the things that they say that they're for. This is true of the NBA. This is true of a lot of the corporations that are working with China yet, you know, after George Floyd happened, apparently became champions of social justice. And I think people don't realize how much propaganda is spun by the Chinese Communist Party. Like we actually saw after George Floyd, a lot of the tweets um, going out, a lot of the stories that were actually being pushed by the CCP because they wanted to latch onto this narrative that America is bad, that America is racist. Yes, look over here. The real human rights atrocities are happening in America. I actually saw a, a study the other day that a lot of people on the left were sharing, talking about um, the importance of gender diverse families and gender diverse children and breaking those stereotypes of man, woman. And then when we dug into it, it's actually funded by the Chinese Communist Party, who does not allow that kind of behavior at all, uh, really, yeah. in China, certainly on a, a public sphere. And then if you look at something like TikTok, they heavily restrict the usage of TikTok by their youth there and what content they're able to access. Yet they push that stuff here. So a lot of the progressive values, actually, that I think that we see manifesting themselves in the United States are, at, I won't say they're originated by China, but they're actively pushed by China because I think China knows that those kinds of progressive programs, DEI and all of that, make us a lot weaker and helps them then get stronger. 
Yeah, I mean, it's really important for people to understand that what's happened, unfortunately, with with some progressive leaders is uh, they have what I would call this sort of dictatorial impulse. Uh, and they've talked about this. I mean, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, was asked 10 years ago which political system he admired the most. Yes. Uh, and his answer was was quite surprising and yes. candid. He said, I, I admire the Chinese system because you can just kind of get things done. Um, there are people in Silicon Valley, people like Bill Gates and Elon Musk, uh, who have said on the record that they admire the quote unquote efficiency <laughs> of the Chinese system. Yeah. Well, if you don't have an independent judiciary, if you don't have a legislative process, if you don't have public elections, it's pretty easy to be efficient. So what's happened, I think the point that you're raising here is really important, is that their their goals, their goals of dealing with climate change or dealing with, you know, oppression related agenda or whatever they want to say, those are so important to them that they are willing to jettison any notion of representative government. And in some cases, right. they're even willing to partner with a foreign state that rejects their progressive values, but they admire the fact that they can get things done with brutal efficiency. So they're willing to toss aside all their principles and get into bed with them. It's really an atrocious situation. My hope is that there are going to be some honest people on the left who will call them out on it. Um, I'm not holding my breath, but my hope is that that's going to happen because there have gotta be people on the left who acknowledge this problem. last sponsor for the day is Good Ranchers. You guys know we use Good Ranchers almost every single night. Every single night that we eat in, we are definitely eating Good Ranchers. And now is grilling season. It's also Father's Day season. So the combination of those two things means that you should definitely be ordering your meat from Good Ranchers. This is all American meat, very fairly priced. If you care about supporting American farms and ranches, if you care about the quality of your meat, if you care about supporting a company that's run by a family that is Christian, pro-life, cares about the things that you and I do, this is just a no-brainer. If you're looking for ways to make your life easier, easier. So you don't have to go in the grocery store and wonder, does made in the USA really be made in the USA or does it mean packaged in the USA? Where is this stuff coming from? Does it have mRNA vaccines in it? All these things that you have to wonder about when you're going through the meat aisle in the grocery store, you don't have to wonder about with Good Ranchers. So easy. Shows up at your front door on dry ice every month. Seafood, better than organic chicken, craft beef, different cuts of steak. I would go ahead and subscribe. Then you get that box of meat to your front door every month. You don't have to worry about it. But if you want to test it out, especially for a Father's Day gift, just get your one box of meat. It's American meat delivered right to your front door. You can lock in your price for two full years with a subscription to Good Ranchers. That's a great deal, especially in the midst of all this inflation. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout for $30 off. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie for $30 off. GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. I think even some people on the left, they're just, they're almost so cozy with communism or they're they don't call themselves communists but then when you look at the socialists which is not far from communists or open socialists in congress i think that is part of the reason it's a superficial reason but part of the reason why they are scared to criticize the chinese communist party because they're afraid that it would indict their own belief system um all right what do we what do we do this seems like a really really big problem that seems beyond our control just as regular voters but is there anything that we can do to help expose this problem, push back on it? 
Absolutely. I mean, a couple of things I would say is, first of all, you need to let your elected officials know that you actually care about this. Uh, you know, I know people that are in elected office. I don't know a lot of them because of the nature of the investigative work I do. But they will tell you, I mean, they pay attention to emails and phone calls to their office. Uh, a lot of members of Congress, I would say, on both sides of the aisle, basically have the view that most voters only care about themselves. Uh, they care about what the tax rate is. They care about, you know, their, if they work for the government, what their salary is. They only care about their schools. I don't think that's true. People care about their country. They care about these kinds of issues. So you need to let your elected officials know you care about it. Second thing I would say is make sure that you yourself are not funding the Chinese war against the United States. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? There are a lot of Wall Street investment firms uh, that are investing in companies right now that are part of the Chinese military industrial complex. Uh, I have my retirement accounts through Fidelity. And I went and looked at, I think it was the Fidelity Worldwide account and find, found stunningly that 30% of the companies in that worldwide fund were Chinese and a number of them were Chinese military industrial complex companies. So yeah. look at your own investments. It doesn't mean you have to have a huge mountain of money, but just make sure you are not investing in entities that are funding the Chinese military industrial complex in their competition with us. And then the third thing I would say is pay attention, be mindful of the forces that are at work. A lot of the media coverage, unfortunately, is very superficial. It focuses at the surface. There are a lot of things going on below the surface uh, that I think help explain the sort of things that are going on. And the hand of China and some of the decisions that are being made in Washington, D.C. is undeniably an important force. And we need to be aware of that. We need to expose it. And we need to let other people know that this is a key factor in how decisions are being made in Washington today. Yes. And get off TikTok. Get your kids off TikTok. Uh, yes. China is it's a brutal regime. It is it doesn't believe in human rights, doesn't have an idea of innate human worth the way that we do. It is a systematically atheistic regime and it follows the worldview and the morality of atheism, which basically people are valued by how much they can offer, how much power they have, how much productivity they have. That is fundamentally opposed to what the West and specifically America is supposed to be. We cannot even imagine the widespread atrocities that will take place if and when America or China becomes the world's greatest superpower. And with every bit of corrupted connections that they have here in the U.S., it gets closer to that. That's why our voice matters while it still does. Let's make sure. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. I really encourage everyone to go out and get your book. We'll link to it red handed in the description of this episode so people can get it. Thank you so much, Peter. Thanks for having me. 